So uh, here we are again for another episode of Connect Globally and Innovate, the Global Mindset, a business psychology podcast. So my name is Dr. Nita Fiona Nagubadi, and here with me today via um, via the web is virtual, just like we are in pandemic time, is Michael Russo. And you go by Mike? Or I Michael? go by Mike. Mike, okay. And I, I, go, I, can, I go by Nita. So uh, thanks for joining us, Mike. I appreciate yeah, I appreciate this and thanks to um, thanks to this new environment that we're in this COVID times, we're able to actually broaden our, our horizons and connect and you're you're in the Boston, Boston area outside now. Of Boston, yes. Yes, that's great. And your your field is also really dynamic, especially always, but especially during this time too. And you're in the real estate industry, right? Yes. Yeah, I've been in it for over fifteen years. Okay, and and tell tell more about like what what areas do you focus on? So my largest background mm-hmm. to date has been in lu- what would be considered luxury real estate, uh, okay. even ultra luxury real estate. Mm-hmm. So um, I used to work at Sotheby's International Realty, mm-hmm. uh, and then in two thousand four I went to Aspen, Colorado, and the Sotheby's is actually largely a franchise network. I wound up owning the franchise in Aspen, one of the best places in the world, and yes. and had successful operation. We were the number two company in the market, and then the market crashed. Mm-hmm. And so I think at that point, I coined the phrase, nobody actually needs a home in Aspen. And yeah. so, because yeah. everybody, it's just second home, second, third, fourth, fifth homes. And so in that point where I, I would say I got my most diverse, dynamic, uh, even towards what you do is, is, you know, the psychology of people and what yeah. have you is, is I became a partner in a company called Concierge Auctions, which was very young at the time, about okay. really a startup in 2010. Okay. And then helped grow that company to do a billion dollars in sales at auction in seven years. Uh, selling properties in 26 states in the United States and 17 countries. And wow. and that was just an amazing experience because I got to go to all these places and learn about other people. I got to go to Israel. I got to go to Greece. I got to go to France and wow. learn the dynamics of what it's like to do business in all these different places. Yes. Um, yeah. and, and everything from places that are pretty open to places that are pretty closed and, mm-hmm. and so. yeah yeah exactly and that that requires a skill um even first of all to notice those things i'm sure some people experience culture shock but you repeatedly went to so many places too so you seem to have had that skill of adapting and observing other cultures and seeing what those communication cues are yeah so one thing that I think from us on the West, I've never been to India, yeah. uh, I've never been to China, I've never been to Asia, um, but I have dealt with quite a few Asians that participated yeah. in our auctions. Right. And I would say if you're from the West or you're from the English West, this is mm-hmm. just my perception, yeah. uh, meaning the United States, Canada, mm-hmm. or the United Kingdom, mm-hmm. is that we're ridiculously open, right? So, yes. so even the even the people that think that they're, you know, very secretive and I'm this great negotiator and I'm not letting my cards out Mm -hmm. compared to people that I've dealt with Mm -hmm. from, you know, the Russian bloc, from Asia, from Europe, 
they're all very secretive, mm -hmm. right? Very mm -hmm. secret. They're not telling you anything. Yes. And yeah. that's a very hard thing to do because coming from here, you know, I, am, I don't know if it's the pace that we want to do things. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we're just have a different, if it's about just who we are as a people, yes. right? Yeah. Culture. But um, I find that, you know, the hardest thing for me to learn when I went to some of these other places mm -hmm. was to identify with these other people. Number one, to get them to gain, for me to gain their trust. Okay. Right? So yes, that, that's right. That they felt, I think here we're just more naturally trusting faster. Mm -hmm. Yes, and, that's right. And so where in all these mm -hmm. other cultures, you know, we're not. Now, I don't know, you know, if since COVID, because, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. Until last week, mm -hmm. uh, I hadn't left 10 miles of my house in five months. Um, yeah. And so... Most of us uh, are like that. Yeah, no. Yeah, I hadn't mm -hmm. eaten out in a restaurant in five months. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so so even with that, like I went to South Carolina to get my kids a puppy. And, uh -huh. you know, up here in Massachusetts, we're at 25% restaurant capacity. Everyone's got a mask on, right? Yes. You know... You, you shun somebody even if they have the mask not over their nose. Yeah, that's once right. Hit, yeah. Once I hit like Harrisburg, PA, mm -hmm. it, it got further and further of less people wearing masks. Uh, I went to a restaurant to eat in South Carolina and, and it's full capacity. Okay. And I wound up leaving. Right? So the because culture people, is very different there. They're very, yeah. they're, they're right now, <laughs> they're like, you would think COVID doesn't yeah. even exist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've been. Yeah, I've seen the difference too between Chicago and some parts of Indiana, even throughout the whole time too. Is that where I'm sorry? Is that where you are? Yeah. Yes. Normally, I'm in Chicago. Um. You know. Uh, but then during this, yeah, it's freezing in this in this time everywhere in this area. Um. And then, uh, during COVID, it's harder to be in environments like in high rises. So I'm mostly spending a lot of time in Indiana. But there's definitely a difference in the summer. The beaches were open more in Indiana, nice. not in Chicago. Not in so Chicago. every yeah, um, and then this um, you you mentioned some really good points about the openness and how cultures are definitely you know I noticed the difference too that people here are more ready to meet new people but then in other countries it's you have to like be more of a referral before they gain that trust and then I don't, uh, maybe it has to do with the just somebody new and a foreigner but having that it takes it takes a while to get in uh to get that flow so where where and in america too you've been also in different places so you mentioned colorado Aspen. Now, I lived. At, I actually lived in naperville for three years oh uh, okay the land the land of transferees and uh, I actually have a daughter that, um, because of our time in the Midwest, she mm -hmm. now decided to go to college at Marquette up in oh, Milwaukee. Okay. Oh, okay. So, um, so yes, That's we good. lived in the Midwest. We lived in Colorado. My wife lived in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. uh, and now we're back in Massachusetts. Okay. So then you do real estate in all of the places now? You practice? Yeah. A... So I have, I have two products yes. right under my umbrella. So yeah. I have a Spark Tech is my company. Okay. Right? We have a, our first product was Spark Offer, which is which is an offer platform that can be used by consumers, agents, what have you. It acts like a multiple offer platform, okay. but it, it allows people to have transparency to see how many offers have been placed on a property, but it doesn't show prices. 
right? Oh, okay. Um, and we also have Spark Auction, which I built over the last, since COVID, okay. since the lockdown. And, and so Spark Auction is a traditional auction product where a property is for sale via auction. People register to bid and then they can see the bids and see what everybody else is bidding. So okay. it has, from that standpoint, it has complete transparency. And so, uh, so those are our two different products. And right now, we've got properties everywhere from California. We just put another little cot, uh, like cute Cape Cottage on uh, mm -hmm. in Martha's Vineyard. Mm -hmm. We've got a property in Las Vegas. So, yes. so yeah, we've been all. We just did one, closed on one, and for ten million in Aspen, another one for nine in in Naples, Florida. So all over. Wow. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, this. So you're involved with technology too. You you kind of, you're we using. We built all of our technology. Yeah, okay. it's all built by us. And um, I think I'm hearing that you're you're actually observing like some of the pain points or maybe what customers need more, and you're providing that through technology. I th yes. Yeah. I think we're in a very interesting time yeah. in the real estate market in the United States. Yes. Because you have you have a lot of dynamics going on. You have you know the big the largest sales force in probably the world of of you know, real estate agents, which is, mm -hmm. you know, depending on who you ask, it's somewhere between one and a half and two million people today. Oh, wow. Right? Okay. And, and then you have the consumer and the real estate agent. And I'm, I am pro real estate agent. I don't want to anything never come across that I'm not, yeah. but they are going the way of the financial advisor, right? Which is, you know, there's the, all the boundaries okay. that used to exist are coming down right? It's very easy to get a house on the internet today. Most of the buyers are shopping in America on Zillow. Um, mm -hmm. Just like in, in the UK, most of them are, are shopping on, um, uh, you know what, escape me for a second, but but other, another uh, online platform. There's two, for... there's two primary portals okay. in, in the UK. Okay. And uh, in Australia, the primary portal is actually a realtor.com portal, okay. which here in America was the dominant one, and today it's hardly used. But my point is, is that exposure for that property of getting the people to see it, mm -hmm. right? That's yes. the gift of the internet, right? Yes, exactly. But then comes, then comes the next part, right? Next, next is I want to buy it, and and. You know, mm -hmm. here in America today, because of COVID, there's in, and it's already happening and low interest rates. Let me be clear: mm -hmm. COVID and low interest rates. Okay, is that you know you're still hearing these stories of there's not a lot of houses for sale, properties are getting 10, 15, 20 offers, and the real estate agent mm -hmm. is holding on to that, right? They're oh. they're and it's very hard. And so, you know, my point of view coming from the auction business is that that process should be more transparent. You hear the stories on the buy side of, you know, I wish I got another chance. The door yeah. got shut on me. I was told they just took somebody else. Oh, okay. Um, because they don't know exactly what to do, what they're competing against. Yes. And okay. so the auction process ex expands that. And I think, I don't, I don't, and here it's interesting for you to comment on, mm -hmm. but I think at least in America, mm -hmm. like, the consumer is demanding transparency in everything we do today. They want yes. infinite transparency. Yes. And so they don't want to be kept in the dark. They want to be able to make their own decisions. 
um, they want advice, mm -hmm. right? But I either want to choose, like, if I if I am investing money to have my Merrill Lynch advisor or my Fidelity advisor that I could talk to. Yes. Yeah. Or I want to trade on Robinhood by myself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, right. but I, everybody gets to see the same thing. Exactly. And, and the real estate market is no different. I can either do it myself because I don't want to pay a high fee or I do want to pay because I want that counsel. And that's, that's where I think the world here is changing is, is okay. as far as for the real estate agents recognizing, you know, I am a counselor. I am an advisor. I'm not a gatekeeper. Right. And those that are holding exactly. on to the gatekeeping, I think, I think they're, as the years go on through this decade, it's going to become more and more difficult. It's just going to accelerate. Because it's accessible through technology and it's about that, that trust and empowering, empowering people with the information. I think you're absolutely That's right. That's a good, yeah. Giving yeah. people the information and whether or not they leverage it or use it, just knowing that it's available and then that gain that offers that trust that you that you know we have all the information available and they actually may need you even more because what do we do with all that information is this normal or what we're seeing right. yeah and that's where the right. advice comes in play absolutely just like you that's a great analogy with the financial because even having all of that access to the data on the markets i mean most of us don't know what to do with that we just no. uh, need to need to know like from our financial advisor but having that information gives us some um, some comfort that okay there is some there is some analysis and some basis behind the decisions being made right well and also yeah. and it gives you the ability to ask smarter questions you may not mm -hmm. understand it but you want to understand it yes and, and so having access to that information allows you to be better educated and and i've also seen um so many other like different concepts so we're talking you mentioned about international too so i was wondering i mean i've even heard that um certain things are coming on the market here like through experiences through like airbnb experiences like those yurts i don't know if you've heard of those airbnb experience yeah and even yes. even renting out different type of um spaces um like these yurts i think they're called where they're like almost like luxury tents almost i've so, heard uh, you know what i had a friend for his wedding yeah stayed in a luxury tent in africa yeah and so yeah. that's that's interesting so like so just knowing about those because we have the internet we can see different styles and things too so um you know the international market it opens up for that too just seeing absolutely absolutely so, i mean just think of mm -hmm. Uh, I was just reading a study, I, I forget, the, it's something like 500 million hours a second or something ridiculous is uploaded or watched on YouTube, right? Mm -hmm. um, everybody's trying to gain experiences. I mean, my, my, my high school daughter has a friend that buys like actual like $1,000 lightsabers and the kid has 11,000 subscribers for playing with lightsabers on a video. Right. Wow. Why? Because like, cause I just, you know, I can't afford a thousand dollar lightsaber, but like I want to, it's so cool. Like they want to watch somebody else do it. And so, and maybe that creates, you know, the dreams of tomorrow. Right. Because, you know, look at you, you got this background of Greece, right? Like, you know, you can probably experience yes. Greece to a point just through what's happening on the internet. 
That's you know, right. I, I, yes. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, the one thing that I would say psychologically is is that, or even social, you know, mm -hmm. really socially. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I fear for for my own children. I'm a father of five. Okay. Uh, and everybody else's children. Yeah. Is that, you know, in America, it's very common to have people say. You know, well, I'm no good at math, or I'm no good at science, or I'm not interested in this, I'm not interested in that. But because of the social and democratic ability of the internet, mm -hmm. you know, today for us, even at Spark, mm -hmm. you know, we have people that work on our team in England. We have people that work out of the Ukraine, mm -hmm. and and I actually love it, right? Mm -hmm. Because wow. the you know here we are building this awesome product. And people that work on the team out of Eastern Europe who are brilliant, right? That yes. they like we're providing, you know, good paying jobs for them in the country that they live in mm -hmm. to work on our product that's used primarily here in America. But, you know, without the internet, you couldn't do that today. That's right. Yes. Right. So, yep. International and, team. So leveraging the talents from all over. Too. Right. You don't have to do everything also, too, right? No, you can find people that are very specialized. And, yeah. and, and so, you know, I think, you know, again, going back, you know, we are, enter we are in the world economy phase, especially in services. Yes. And, you know, this country, if, if our kids are not going to be able to compete on that stage, yeah. you know, there, there are going to be some great people from other countries that don't need to be paid as much, that are brilliant, and because of the internet, they're going to be able to have great jobs and contribute globally to great companies. So that's a great point. Are you saying that we should also focus on our skills in, in some of those areas too? I think everybody needs to focus on skills in yeah. general. Yes. Right. Like yeah. I've got two kids at Boston College, okay. and they're they're so bright, mm -hmm. and and they have their own unique talents. Yeah. And one of them's an English major, and the other's an English and an economic major. And but like they're getting close to graduation, but they don't have any actual skills. Right? Okay. And, and so that's where you know, I'm encouraging them as their father and say, hey, there's this interactive uh, UX design institute where you can learn about being a u user experience designer and actually gain a skill. You can go and get, you know, Google's got all these, you know, I think they're up to five certifications that you can get on Coursera. Go learn a job skill, right? Okay. Like, it starts with you need to be educated. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then you need to transfer that into a, an applicable work skill. Like a technical technical skill, almost? Is that what it you're... It doesn't have to be technical, but it has to be a skill, right? So, I mean, even somebody that runs a machine, uh, you know, that makes makes parts today, that's still a skill, yes. right? That's and, right. and so most skills are today generated around a computer, mm -hmm. right? But, you know but welding is a skill, right? And yeah. so, but whatever it is, I think that looking towards the skills of tomorrow that have the higher paying jobs, making sure that, that kids are really thinking about that 
because yeah. there are things you can do here. Like my daughter goes for nursing, right? Like she has to be a nurse to be here. Somebody's not likely to come from India or Eastern Europe or anything, you know, because there's going to be a limit to how many people they let to have those kind of jobs, whether it's a yeah. doctor. Yes, you, right? that's right. But, but when it comes to something that can be done anywhere in the world, mm-hmm. right? Like write a computer program or do digital, digital uh, ad, you know, um, SEO or yeah. digital marketing, all those things, they can be done from anywhere. Yeah. Right. And next, right. right now it's Eastern Europe, right? I think next it's going to be Africa. Yeah, I think you're right. There, I mean, that's another emerging area now. Also, this this um, being in the driver's seat and knowing multiple skills. So having that, you said econ- economics is one area that uh, your one of your children are studying. So even yes. knowing that plus technology also brings that cross section. So having cross functional skill set are really where I think that will be a competitive advantage too. So helping Absolutely. to think. I mean, I believe, and I will say I failed. I believe every kid needs <laughs> to learn some basis of coding, right? And so because it's just such a part of our world today, even yeah. if you just have a basic knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, so, that's right. Yes, I agree. You have to be cross. You have to be cross. Cross um, disciplinary in these. Yeah. Yes. Great. That's good. And I like the name Spark. Spark Offer. Spark. Where does that come from? We just made it up. Spark means like a light, Spark, lightning, fast. lightning fast. Okay. Yep. Ignite. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Everybody in the world wants everything in an instant today. That's true. Right? Yeah. And, and that's our goal is to make the process, you know, how fast can we get somebody to have a buyer and seller come together on our platform? So if people, um, so most people that are, that you work with are people that are buying certain types of homes or any any type of real estate we've done everything we've had you know a traditional five hundred thousand dollar house outside of orlando florida to you know expensive homes in aspen to three hundred thousand dollar houses here in massachusetts and so it really is you know Mm -hmm. the best we you know you know it's hard today right even though you have this podcast and people you know social media is the gateway to the world like it's not that easy to get attention yes exactly and so the more attention that we get, the more people realize that what we have to offer is a consumer product that helps them move faster. Yeah. Um, I, you know, hopefully we yeah. can track. Exactly. And I think you're doing um, a great job of um, being in so many different areas. So diverse markets and diver- in terms of people, but locations too. So that, that I think creates that competitive advantage when you yourself are thinking out of the box and integrating technology. I'm sure that um, a lot of people appreciate that and that sets you apart too. So yeah. Hope you're right. Yeah. They, uh, so I think uh, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing this. And I wanted to know if people want to reach you, you'll share some links so that I can post it with this podcast too. Sure. I'll send it, but they can find me at sparkoffer.com. Okay. People can find me at Mike at sparkoffer.com. And I answer every email. I love to get in touch with people and, and if people, or they could find me on LinkedIn. Um, Mm -hmm. I've tried to give first. Um, Mm -hmm. One thing we didn't talk about is I was in, Tech Stars, which is the largest incubator in the Oh, United you were States. part of that. I'm sorry. Yeah, please. Yeah. Share. yeah, yeah. I was in that in 2009. Okay. And it was just an amazing experience. And, you know, whether it's the real estate community, the tech community, 
you know, there's so many people that are connected out there and every going back to what we said is of that trusted, you know, that trusted, um, referral. Yes. And so, you know, if anybody wants to reach out to me cause I can help them in any way, I encourage them to do so. Uh, if you're a part of Techstars, then that's those. That's definitely you know the cream of the crop. So people that are really thinking out of the box with different technologies. And you probably did you start the Spark, the Spark Tech during that time period? No, actually, I, did, I was in 2009. So okay. it was the second year of Techstars. Okay. And and it was another company that I have called Resora. Okay. Uh, Resora is a specialty marketing, uh, digital marketing platform for real estate. So again, mm-hmm. my theme is certainly real estate. Okay. Uh, and so, but the Resora is still here today. My co-founders still run it. And oh. and you know what? I'm just. I just get up every day and keep trying to move two, you know, one foot in front of the other. Yes, and I can feel the energy. I mean, hopefully we'll be able to share the video too, but I can feel the energy, you know, from this too that people can't see, but they can hear on this too. What I, I actually forgot one final question that I, I forgot to ask you is how do you share, you know, your approach, your, your innovative mindset, your global mindset with others in your team? How do you inspire others to also approach things this way? So that's a good question, right? Because I don't mm-hmm. interact with the team every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I what I do is I'm a big on recording videos for them. Like okay. so, a lot of times I'll just record a message for them that I send out mm-hmm. to everyone, just how important they are to me, how valued their work is, okay. to share their ideas with, with me and each other. And that, you know, everybody everybody has a part, right? And everybody's part is important, especially when you run a small team. Yes. And so um, that, so that's what I do. That's, that's, um, that's excellent because making, bringing value out of each person. So, you know, each, everyone has inherent value. So engaging every person, making everybody feel included, I think just goes a long way. So that's great. I think you're right. Yeah. Thank you so much, Mike. I'm sure this is probably one of several conversations that we can have. So I really appreciate, I, you know, I'd love to be on it again. Yeah, so definitely. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you.